This episode of Inside Supercars is brought to you by Manscaped. The Lawnmower 3.0 is now available in Australia. And Tony, one thing about the Manscaped products is they're a quality piece of engineering. Absolutely. It's uh, certainly easy to use and uh, they work extremely well. Without any problems, you'll uh, do what the job is designed to. What is it? Lawnmower 3? Lawnmower 3.0, yeah. Over 7,000 RPM, the head moves at, and gee, that's almost quicker than they turn a supercar engine these days, Tony. And it's amazing how safe they've designed the new Lawnmower 3. Indeed. And the other part about it, of course, is that all the products that go with it, the skin treatments are extremely good and uh, certainly will uh, won't cause any problem whatsoever. No. And uh, like you drove cabs in the 80s and met a whole wa- wonderful range of clientele in the uh, cabbie days up there in Sydney. And you would have heard some interesting stories from some of your customers about their clients. <laughs> Yes, indeed, indeed. And uh, gosh, um, some of them I, I could tell, but uh, I think we'll leave that the Fijian uh, to tell their story on another day. But I'm imagining when they found someone well-groomed, that would have been a, a highlight of their night or maybe week. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're probing me on um, some delicate matters here. It was a day of uh, a place called Green Park and uh, all the people who travelled in that, well, uh, if you knew Green Park, you knew exactly when on there. But um, it was an interesting time, certainly, but uh, one I'll not be drawn on, Craig. But uh, needless to say that if uh, your problem requires some manscape uh, attention, then certainly they make the product to uh, suit the job and will enhance whatever you're wanting to do. We've got a great deal. The support of Inside Supercars by Manscaped they are giving you the chance to get 20% off plus free shipping if you just use the code INSIDESC. That's INSIDESC at manscaped.com. Yes, that's right. Your balls will thank you. Manscaped are proud sponsors of Inside Supercars. For those nights when one drink with the girls turns into a bottle, but you need your car for brunch the next day, there's pickup. Or at Friday Work Drinks, where you don't want to leave your car with expensive tools at the pub, there's pickup. Don't miss out on the fun. Get a pickup. Simply book on our app, and we'll pick you up to drive you and your car home. Two drivers arrive, one drives you home in your car, and the other driver follows. Download the pickup app today. That's PKUP, and wake up worry free. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to a very special Inside Supercars. Tony Whitlock and Craig Gravel, and we're joined by five people that we spoke to a year ago, or about this time a year ago, about supercars, their opinions, their thoughts, desires, loves, and all those other things about what the category is, what it wants to be, and what it's been in the past. So welcome today to Rowan Meesday, Darren Edgerton, Andrew Little, Kimmy Hunter, and Mark Benson. So from the top, Rowan, hi. How's it going? Darren? Great to be here. Good to have you back. Andrew? How you going, guys? AKA Bull, I understand. Kimmy? Yeah. Hi, how you going? And great to have you back on board. And Mark Benson. Hey guys, evening, how are you going? So a year ago we talked to you about the, the category and of course we're in the situation where none of us could really attend race meetings, let alone go to the shop for some of us. 
but we're around Australia and it's a different world we're in now and it's getting a lot easier. Supercars ran in 2020 for a season, finished at Bathurst, which was unique for a whole bunch of different reasons. But we wanted to talk about what's coming in the future and what you've liked so far this year. So first of all, we'll start off with the important parts of Gen 3. It's just around the corner news. We've had some dripped out, some not and all those sort of things. But Rowan, what's the important thing in Gen 3? Well, one, that they have a ready on time. It doesn't, uh, it's not looking good at the, at the moment. We haven't really seen too much of it. So I think just making sure that they've actually got the cars prepped and ready to go for the start of, you know, 22 and fully homologated and, uh, and, and tested to make sure they're, uh, you know, they're not going to break down on anybody. That's the, uh, the main thing. But, uh, you know, my, my main, uh, issue that I've got, I'd, I'd love to see them stick with the, uh, the sequential gearbox and, 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 you know, get rid of these hideous paddle shifters they're thinking of putting in there. I'm, uh, got, got, got to say, I'm not a, not a fan of those ones. So I'd, I'd love to see them stick okay. with the, uh, with the sequential gearbox and, uh, and see, see how they go with that. And, uh, obviously it's got to, got to have the V8 in it as well. Opinion, Darren, on the new car, Gen 3, what it means. Oh, look, I think it needs to be three things for me. I think they need to make them look great. And I reckon there's a tick in the box for that at the minute. They need to sound great, and that means they need to be loud, and we need to see great racing. And, and that, for me, means less technology and, and more driver input into the car. If they can do those three things, that'll be a winning formula. Andrew, please. Yeah, much the same as that. You, you've got to have the driver feel as opposed to technology. Paddle shift, it's, it's taken the driver's hands away from a gear stick change to just permanently being on a steering wheel. And the, the, the crate engine and the, the electronics that they're all talking about, they're taking all the, the, the feel of the, the motor racer out of it and putting it more to a, to, a, to a platform where it's going to be identical to a Formula One with a body. And okay. I, I think they're trying to push it to a way that Formula One, but in an Australian category. But the Aussies like to okay. see the V8 that sounds like a V8 and skip a gear now and then and, and the little idiosyncrasies of a person behind a wheel, not an electronics package. 100%. Yep. Kimmy? So from uh, all the reports and the things that I've seen, the key dimensions are going to stay the same as a road version. So the doors, the roof, the bonnet, the windows are all going to stay the same as a road version. So they're going back to a bit more of that, uh, the old win on Sunday, sells on Monday, um, which I think is a bit of a, a better compromise between the current and the old supercars. Um, the thing I'm really interested in is the new downforce reduction, which is going to minimise all the dirty air and the aero wash that they've been talking about lately. It's also going to minimise um, all that so it's a closer race. So the leaders are going to be a lot closer to each other and I think that'll show in their skill sets and things like that. Um, paddle shift for me, absolutely hate the idea. Um, I'm a bit old school. I love watching the skill in their footwork and things when they do all that and they show it on the telecast. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, and and Mark, I I think look, guys, I think we've uh, we've covered most of it, but um, yeah, I'm definitely of the belief that um, paddle shift can can go somewhere else. Um, keep the stick. Obviously, I think it yeah it needs to come back to more of the driver rather than a lot of the aero um, that unfortunately takes um, away the skill of the driver at the moment because they just can't drive the car, unfortunately. And, um, and yeah, the, the looks of them is, is going to be key to it as well. And I think um, I agree with Darren. They've, they've ticked the boxes there. And 
the V8, none of this turbo stuff. Stick it with the uh, the eight cylinders and um, and keep that loud note happening. So yeah, they're the, they're the boxes that need to be ticked for me. It's fairly unanimous then on on uh, what they should be doing. I I would like to say you're all on the commission now. You've won the lucky vote, and you actually get to decide. But I'm sorry that doesn't happen in this world. But anyway, <laughs> the other thing that Rowan first mentioned, of course, was from the start of 2022. So, uh, you know, I mean, obviously they're going to be pushed to do it, but that seems to be categorical. That needs to happen. It's not a not let's wait another year sort of thing. Um, Rowan, you, you'd make mention of it. So uh, your comments on that? Yeah, I think, you know, it's uh, with the previous cars that we've had, the, you know, the last uh, generation car, that was ready, I believe, 18 months before it was due to hit the track and they were doing testing and everything like that. Whereas, you know, we're 10 months away, I believe, from the start of next season at the, uh, the current point in time. And uh, all we've seen so far is a, is, is a chassis and a steering wheel from this gen, uh, from the, uh, from the gen three car. So, and I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned that they're not going to have this thing ready to go. And if it is, you know, completely built by that stage, it's not going to have the, you know, the, the proper track time and everything like that to ensure that it's going to be reliable and, and ready to go for the teams come the start of next season. It's, it's, yeah, it is getting a little bit concerning at this point. And I, uh, you know, start, starting to, to, to wonder if it is going to be coming out next year or whether they're going to have to put it back to 2023. I, I don't think they can bring it in midway through the season if, they, if they're not going to have it ready by the beginning of next year. I think they've got to, got to put it off till 23. Maybe I'll just ask for uh, Darren, Andrew, Kimmy, to, if you've got any comment on the calendar, uh, do you all agree with what both Mark and Rowan have said? Yep. Pretty much from my perspective. I mean, I think if they tried to introduce it halfway through next year, can you imagine all the crying that will be going on? Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's got a- Some teams will have advantage because they've got the better package and others will be, oh, we can't get the full parts for the new yeah. package. And, you know, we, we're going back to the old 90s scenario where we got half the, 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 the teams running Chevs in the Commodores and Mr Perkins is winning the race with his Holden, heaven forbid. I think the the dynamic that you've got too is that you've got T8, Team 18, Erebus are all progressing from Commodore to Camaro, um, which is a, a natural progression, the same line. But you've got things like Matstone Racing that are doing a total flip from Ford to GM. So that's going to take time too. We should actually get onto a subject, and I think it was uh, you, Andrew, that I saw a comment from. It's TA2. Now, obviously, it's a very different car to what we're talking about in supercars. Uh, they're, they're all made in America. They come down to shoot, you know, what, do you, what body do you want to put on? A Pontiac, a Dodge, a Ford, a Chev. Let's start with you, Rowan, and, and your thoughts on TA2 and the simplicity of those cars in comparison to what we've got. Well, I haven't actually seen much of the TA2 this year. I did watch it quite a bit last year, but I, I think it's great. You know, the, the racing's been close. The, you know, you, you can see the cars there. They're sliding all over the track. It's definitely, you know, a lot of driver inputs needed for, for those cars. There's, there's no error on the things at all. You can, yeah, and you can tell that by watching them when they, when they slide around. And, uh, and, and, you know, the racing has, has been as as good as it can be, really. You know, with uh, young Aaron Seaton coming up through the uh, through the ranks, and uh, and and Hearn, you know, the, the the race between those two for the championship last year was phenomenal, and and you know they were they were going toe to toe with each other the whole way, and uh, you know I think it's I think it's a great category, it's it's cheap category, so that you know the younger kids can get themselves into it, get them into a you know a high powered V eight car, and 
potentially give themselves a, a little bit of a taster to, to move to uh, to supercars. And, and you know, I'd, I'd love to see supercars follow a uh, not not the same pattern, obviously, but uh, you know, at least lower the uh, lower the arrow like they're planning on doing it, and just make it more of a, a driver input car and, and a lot easier to, to you know let people get into it. Darren. Yeah, pretty much the same. It's the same, and I haven't seen much of it this year. I saw a bit of it last year, but it's certainly an interesting category. I mean, I, th- I think the question, the question in my head is, if if all of the current V8 supercar drivers are driving TA2, would I watch it? The answer would be yes. Andrew, yeah, exactly what Darren said. If the if the the big boys go back to a, a basic format, I haven't seen much of it this year. Like the other guys, I saw it live in Adelaide last year, and it was a, a fantastic format to watch. I went and spoke to a couple of the teams and. Uh, McAllis is one example out at Young. He was saying, Mr. McAllis was saying, it's it's a great category. It's it's a cheap category. You can go and get all the bits and pieces. You can get out in the car. As long as you've got some left, right, stop, go skills, you can be in there. So it, it it's it's a basic package that was working. Everyone is, is in a tight pack. We had the Seaton that was out a little bit and a few other guys that, that pulled away now and then, but it, it's a package that works. It's got no electronics. It's got no bells and whistles like the V8 supercars are all going to. It's a V8 with a wheel. Kimmy, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm. I absolutely love TA2s. Um, I think it's it's just such a fantastic category to watch. The racing is so close, and it's such a dynamic because you've got the likes of Aaron Seaton that's um, got all this backing and all this knowledge from his dad. And then you've got people like Eden Thornborough that's a privateer and he's up door to door with these guys and anything can happen. Like it's mm. it's just a, such a good dynamic because it's such an open category that anyone can, can get a start in it. It's just like, yeah, it's just really exciting to watch because where they, unlike supercars, where they start on the grid is where they usually finish, but one or two places. With TA2, where they start on the grid is usually absolutely nowhere where they finish. The one big exception, Kimmy, and I'll ask for you to comment on this, is the fact you're talking about a category that uses a crate engine. Everybody's got the same power. Yeah, exactly. So it comes down to total driver talent, nothing else. It's not how much money you've got to improve the car or what you've got and how many sponsors you've got and everything else. It's simply the raw talent of the driver and their driving ability that puts them where they are from the pole position to the checker flag. That's all that separates them is that raw talent. Yeah. Well, let's just swing things around a bit and and talk about this season. Um, Maybe before we do that, actually, just for a brief comment, and we'll start with you, Kimmy, on how last year ended at Bathurst. How did you feel about the series ending there? The championships uh, decided, and uh, and of course it was Scotty and, and Shane won his first Bathurst. How did that fit with you? To be honest, I'm I'm not a fan of last year. I I understand that the whole COVID thing threw things totally out of whack, and and you've got to go with what you can do at short notice. But um, I don't like. I'm, I'm very old school in that, that I don't like so many races at Bathurst. You've got the 12-hour, which is totally different to the 1,000, and I think the 1,000 should be its own entity. 
if you start putting other events in, it takes that emphasis off the 1,000 event and it's not, I don't know, it just doesn't, it takes the spark away from the 1,000. The 1,000 is what it is because of what it is, if that makes sense. So I I wasn't a fan of the the constant rounds at Eastern Creek and the constant rounds at Bathurst. Um, but being with COVID and the way it was, that's that's how it was, I guess. Um, the other okay. thing that you've got is because they're constantly going to the same tracks, you've got the drivers getting to know the tracks a bit better and I, I think that's a dynamic as well. Andrew, you could maybe your comment on Bathurst and that and also maybe touch on the Adelaide 500 because obviously that's why the Bathurst 500 started this year because they'd lost their big start. They wanted to have something that drew people's attention and I think that, you know, as a great alternative, that was this year that uh, worked well. Your thoughts, Andrew? Yes. Well, I've been going to Bathurst 1000 for over 30-odd years and I love it. It's great. I've been to plenty of other races around Australia, different tracks, et cetera. And last year, I was lucky enough through Kimmy to be able to get to the Adelaide 500. And I absolutely thought the Adelaide 500 left all the other races a mile behind. The atmosphere for the actual people on the track watching the cars and all the other bits and pieces that go in the background was phenomenal. I've never seen it anywhere else in over the 30 years I've been to, to, to racing. And then this year when they said, there's no Adelaide 500, boys and girls, and we thought, oh, what's going on here? So I actually got to go to the Bathurst, well, the start Bathurst, the you know, the, the start of the season, which was kind of confusing. And me and my lovely little coat, I decided to, for uh, shits and giggles, make a patch, and I nicknamed it the Adelthurst 500 because it's supposed to be the Adelaide race, but it's going to Bathurst. and it, it didn't have the vibe of what a Bathurst 1000 would have because it's, oh, it's just a smaller race. It's, it's like an also ran, which kind of took a bit of the, the oomph away from the start of the season. So it lost its cred for the start of the season, which Adelaide was always a massive festival and a great show with all the different varieties of stuff. But some of them you can't have at Bathurst because of the size of the track, the, 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 the distance, the hill and all that sort of stuff. So, I actually think it didn't start off with a bang lock they were hoping for. Mark, first of all, uh, you know, Bathurst ending last year with the uh, 1,000, the end of the series. Then the news, of course, that the Adelaide 500 was gone. Uh, These are things that, you know, people who traditionally like our category have always enjoyed. Yeah, I personally didn't um, agree with the the 1,000 finishing the year off. Um, you know, I'm a, I, I guess I've been watching it since I was a kid and, um, it's always been, you know, something that, um, that teams work highly towards, um, during the year, but there's also obviously, you know, Gold Coast and, and other races that, that, um, that close out the year and Newcastle now and the way that it um, traditionally always has been, but, um, I, I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a fan of closing out the year with, um, with Bathurst. You know, I mean, no, I, I it's a, it's a big weekend for me. I, I, you know, call it Bathurst week. Um, and, um, you know, take the week off work and, um, enjoy the week and the build up and, um, and, and you know, Sunday night's a bit of a write off, but, um, but, you know, I mean, that, that's all part of the fun of it. Um, Adelaide disappearing. I mean, political decisions and all sorts of stuff. I, I doubt it's ever coming back because, 
you know, I've, I've heard that they've, they're selling off everything and all of the, you know, all of the infrastructure that, um, that was part of it. I mean, I, I've been to Adelaide 500 myself um, and it's an amazing, amazing atmosphere. There's, there's no other um, event that's got it. So I agree with um, I agree with Paul. It's um, it's a unique event, and um, you know it's a shame that it's no longer part of the category. Um, what what is going to replace it? I don't think anything could replace it. Um, so yeah, not a fan of both those decisions, but um, it is what it is. We've got to roll with it, don't we? You can't replace that circuit, can you? So yeah, the Adelaide Circuit Turn Eight, second second best corner on the on the Australian circuit, I reckon. Uh, you, you've got to love turn eight. I mean, obviously, it, it costs a lot of money for teams and that sort of stuff, but it's got consequences. And, you know, I mean, you, you love watching, um, uh, you know, races that have consequences um, for the decisions that are made. And um, For sure. You know, that's racing. Everyone loves it, but we don't have it any longer. Darren, while you're there, let's just uh, look at 2021. I mean, I think we saw unanimous on all the things that we've talked about so far, with very few exceptions. 2021, if you can think back, I mean, we have had a number of phenomenal performances and a number of teams and drivers who've stepped up in a way that uh, hadn't seen for quite some time. The obvious one, you know, six first six races or seven races, was it, um, of Shane's, he actually brought in the, the driving form and the team measured up to him as well, but they've since hit a bit of a wall. Um, tell us about... Uh, your race of the year and, and, you know, what you think was the drive of the year so far? Oh, look, it, it's very clear. So um, SVG at Sandown. So, you know, not only going there with one arm, but, you know, I mean, he went into that uh, went into that weekend and I thought he had no hope. Um, he surprised everybody by, I think, getting, you know, fifth in one of the, the first practice sessions, then qualified 17th. And I was sort of thinking, yeah, that's probably about right for a guy with one arm. Uh, and then he came out and won the damn thing. So that was an absolute sensational drive. Now, I think the S in SVG stands for super because, tell you what, that was a super performance. Rowan, have you got thoughts on uh, anything different? Uh, yeah, I'll just yeah, definitely, definitely reiterate that drive by Shane. That was phenomenal. That was a, an absolute pleasure to watch as a racing fan, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, as a, another thing that's made me pretty happy this year as an, as an Erebus fan is watching our two young rookies, you know, perform, outperform what anyone I think thought they were going to do with Brody getting the podium at Sandown mm. in the uh, in the wet and uh, young Will getting a couple of top tens and, and qualifying himself well inside the top ten a few times. So they're, uh, you know, sad, sadly their, their, their race pace hasn't been the greatest, but, you know, they're, they're, they're rookies and they're learning and I think it's only a matter of time before you start seeing uh, <laughs> those two guys constantly up on the uh, – on the podium as well, and uh, you know, sh- shout out to being being a Holden fan. I'll give a shout out to uh, Andre Heimgartner as well. He's been outperforming, uh, you know, everyone as well in a, in a car that probably isn't as quick as some of the other ones up the front. He's been doing a, a phenomenal job himself as well. I would have to think that you're quite in a, in agreement with uh, Barry Ryan's appointment. Well, obviously, it wasn't just Barry, but the the team deciding to go with Brody and Will. They're a terrific pair of young drivers. I've met them and known them over a number of years. And they'd be, you'd be fully uh, happy with what they've done. Oh, they're, they're, they're amazing. You know, when they, uh, when it was announced that Will was coming into the team last year, I think everyone was pretty stoked about that. He's just a, you know, an absolute champion young lad. He's, uh, you know, he's not, nothing but nice and, and generous and he's, you know, great on and on and, on and off the track and, uh, and, and Brody as well. He's just, you know, he's, he's 
pure raw talent that kid he's you know he's been growing up around around paul morris up at norwell he's he's definitely learned a thing or two and you can you know you can definitely see that with the way he throws a car around a track and uh he, he, he proved that with his podium at Sandown in the wet you know mo- most people in the uh in the wet will, will kind of ease, o- ease off a little bit and he just put his foot down and ab- absolutely went for it and it was it was awesome to see as a you know a rookie i think it was his his fifth full-time driver in a, in a supercar so you know just just to see Young kids doing that is, is fantastic. So yeah, full full credit to to Baz and the team at Erebus for getting both those guys on board and and not just getting them on board, but giving them a car that's actually you know performing really well and giving them a chance to uh, you know fight for podiums and hopefully win real soon. Kimmy, definitely the um, Shane Van Gisbergen one. Like to see the um the amount of pain that he was in when he got out of the car. Um, because you could clearly see it on his face, like how painful it was for him. Just like absolute admiration for the guy. Like, yeah, to he could have easily gone, no, nah, look, I'm in pain, can't do it, can't drive me cool. But he he stepped up and went, no, oh, I'll I'll do it. You know, I'll give it a crack. And and yeah, look look how that turned out. So yeah, absolute admiration for the guy. We, we, we forgot okay. to mention the fact that he had three broken ribs as well, guys. So not not just yeah. not just a missing arm, but three broken ribs as well. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he was yeah. clearly in some pain. But, but if we put aside the super effort from him, right? So the fact that you know he had one arm, um, the thing that that I really liked about it was I got to see some action on the track. Right, we got to see some passing. That was the best thing. That was the most intriguing thing about that race. You know, how far could he go? How many would he pass? Where was he going to pass and what was he going to do? That made the race really exciting. Just for a second, to all of you, one of the things that, uh, you know, I spent 25 years sort of covering the sport, and one of the things that is so emphatic when you actually talk to these guys and you get them on a quiet, private moment is that Shane and a couple of others have built themselves to a position when they the driver looks in the rear vision mirror and they see whose it is, there are certain blokes that they go, oh, shit, because <laughs> they know they're about to get past. And that's one of the things that obviously, and we've seen that now, and the, the ageing down of the drivers. I When I started doing race facts back in the uh, mid-'90s and I just looked the other day and saw the average age of a driver was 40. Then it came down in the next eight years to 30, and now we're getting down to the mid-20s. And that's the thing that – and because they don't see anything as unachievable. You know, I need to get past that bloke, says Will Brown. I need to get past that guy, says Brody. And that's the thing that's – Mark, you've got some thoughts on it, I imagine. Oh, absolutely. The three guys that we've spoken about um, have definitely been the highlights for me this year. Um, Will Brown, I, I'm super impressed with him. Just a young kid that, um, you know, has come from, uh, you know, just west of uh, Brisbane in Toowoomba. And, um, mate, he, his drive in the wet at Sandown was super impressive. Um, started his year off really well and he's he's had some good qualifying moments. Um, and then you've got Brody that's um, kicking some goals as well. Same team, two young guys having a crack. So um, I think it's bloody impressive. Um but yeah, SVG takes the cake for me. Um, that was that was just ridiculous. You know, seventeenth to uh, to the top of the podium with you know broken ribs and uh, and one arm. I mean, what can't the guy do? It's just ridiculous. He's uh, <laughs> he's superhuman. 
Superhuman. What I'd like to do now is get your final thoughts. And as part of that final thought is what you're looking forward to the balance of 2021. Andrew, we'll start with you. If you can give us your final thoughts and what are you looking forward to for the rest of 2021? Well, the rest of 2021, you'd like to see these two young fellows that we just spoke about come up and give the supposed old guns a shake-up to say, hey, guys, we're here. And that's, that's going to sort of get them a bit on edge, the, the, the old fellas, and think, whoa, I've got to go a little bit extra and make them push a little bit harder, get out of their comfort zones and try to get around these these young guys' uh, perception of, I'm going to get around you, as we've said. So it, it's going to have the old gun versus the, the new kid sort of mentality where the new kids are coming up with no fear saying, I want this. And they're going to be trying as hard as they can to chase that, knowing that they've already got early results. So the rest of the season, of course, with Betty sitting there going, well, what are you waiting for? Go and get it. Get off get off your button, get in the car and go and do it. So they will. And then you've got these other guys like Andre who are sort of sitting in the, not quite in the backlogs, but he, he, he's got race wins. He's, he's, he's got results. But packages that they've got now are starting to come through and catch up to the other guys. So look out. Every man for himself. So for me, um, it's just getting back to a track and getting back to no- some sort of normality, I guess. Um, the couple of rounds that I did go to last year, um, absolutely surreal because of the whole COVID thing. Um, no crowds, no merchandise. It was just sickly eerie, like just not, absolutely not sort of the event atmosphere that you go for. Um, in particular, like even Bathurst and having camping at Bathurst, such a, a surreal thing to go to Bathurst and there's no one there, like absolutely no one. Um, so, yeah, just, just to be able to go and support the teams and buy the merchandise and support the teams and get back to a, a bit of normality and back to the, the racing and everything that we love and having fans there to to appreciate the racing. And and I think it's good for the drivers too because they really rely on, on those crowds and the fans coming up to them and going, oh, good job, or, hey, you sucked. But, you know, like they, they take all that in their stride and I think the drivers as well are missing that um, interaction as much as what the fans are. Rowan? Def, definitely looking forward to the uh, the rest of the season. Of uh, you know, Bath, Bathurst is obviously the uh, the main one. Being at uh, back back on my birthday weekend again this year, which I missed out on last year, being the uh, the, the the last race of the season. So I'm, uh, I'm I'm glad to have that back. That's the uh, birthday weekend sorted. So that's the uh, big one. And yeah, just just you know, seeing these. Uh, young guns come through the field, not just not just Will and Brody, but they, uh, you know, got a couple of other rookie, rookies in the field, and uh, watching watching them progress and uh, and stick it to the uh, the young ones. Um, Jamie's final season, that's a you know that's a def- definitely a big one. So you seeing seeing what he can do in his uh, in his last year as a full time driver, can he uh, can he pip SVG for the uh, you know championship number eight? We'll have to have to wait and see. Un- unlikely at the moment, but I uh, you know. Interesting to see, you know, it only takes one DNF and uh, and it's and it's right back neck and neck again. So I'm uh, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the uh, rest of it and just seeing you know seeing a few 
first time winners on the on the podium again. It'll be, I think, I think it's going to be a year where we might see a few a few first time winners. That's for sure. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing a, a bit of a variation up on the podium. Just Aaron? just before I do uh, end there as well, can yeah. I just can I just give a big shout out to the uh, to the Erebus team because uh, the uh, the lady Lisa who runs the uh, Erebus uh, Motorsport Army page with me lost her partner a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Erebus yeah. actually. Put his uh, put his name and uh, and and a resting peace sign on their cars for the uh, for the tail and band weekend, and I thought that was a an absolutely amazing gesture from the from the team. His uh his his name and and a, and a little you know resting peace was was on both their cars for the tail and bend weekend, and I thought that was just absolutely awesome from the whole team at Erebus. So big thumbs up and thanks to them all. Yeah, the thing no. I'm looking forward to is uh, you know finishing off the season with some good racing. Like the other guys have said, I'm looking forward to seeing some uh, some young guys on the podium. I'd really like to see Bryce Fullwood uh, standing up there at some point this year. Um, I'd like to see what supercars are doing with Gen 3. I'd like to get them out on the track. Um, and I guess my parting words to supercars are, you know, make them, make them loud. If you want to know what people like, go and watch an S5000 race and see the smiles on the faces of people as those cars go past. That That is racing. Okay, and Mark Benson. Yeah, look, I'm 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 pretty easy to please. I'm I'm looking forward to the end of the season. I I you know obviously look forward to Bathurst every year, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to who else can can take it to um, to SVG and and you know see who else we can get on the podium and, and have some decent racing. Um, throw a bit more rain into the, the scenario towards the back end of the year. <laughs> that would be good. Um, but I'm also really looking forward to um, seeing who's going to be Jamie's replacement um, towards the end of the year, what, when that's going to be released and, uh, you know, who that person is going to be. And I, I actually really hope that it's going to be uh, a young fella. Um, and to be honest, I, I just think that, Brody um, Kostecki is probably going to be the ideal partner for, uh, for SVG, um, but um, but anyway, I'm, I've got a uh, I've got an Erebus guy on here that's uh, probably not too happy to hear that. So, um, but anyway, look, um, yeah, lots to look forward to. Um, Gen three, yeah, see see what happens there. Um, I honestly don't think it's it's going to happen. There's no way it's going to happen. I mean, you've got drivers that don't even know what the hell's going on with it. Um, they're, they're, they're ill-informed. Um, their teams are, are not up to speed with it. So <laughs> how's it going to launch in uh, in 10 months when they haven't even um, got anything to look at yet? So it's a bit of a tall ask. So interesting, uh, interesting end of the year is going to be coming up and um, look forward to it. All right. Yeah, just before we go, I'd like to um, you know, just sing a, sing a shout-out to, uh, to Neil Crompton. Um, hope he has a speedy recovery. Uh, the voice of supercars, he's, um, he's been a great uh, stalwart for the, um, for the category for years and years. So uh, on behalf of the fans um, of Inside Supercars, I'd uh, love to wish him a speedy recovery and um, best wishes, mate. Cheers. You're here. You're here. Yeah, welcome, bro. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, to both Rowan, Darren. Mark, Kimmy, and uh, Andrew. Um, one of the things I'm really looking forward to is something that has been missing for the last year, and that's a street track. It was something that was part of what our char- character of our ca- calendar was, and that being uh, around the streets of Newcastle, Townsville, and Adelaide. Um, it's something that uh, I miss very much. I think it was a, a great part of our series. So I'm looking forward to the fact that the cars will be back at the Gold Coast. Now that's going to be something uh, really terrific to look forward to. 
And gee, we could all anticipate that it's coming down to the last race of the, the last round. So that would be a fantastic thing for us to enjoy. And thank you all for joining us on Inside Supercars. Craig Revell and Tony Whitlock, we've enjoyed your company and your thoughts and opinions. From all of us to, to you people, thank you very much. Thank you, man. Yes, guys, thank you. Then next time. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.